Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. A new year, a new decade, same old nonsense from us. Um, just me, David and Matt today. Matt, how are you, bud? Yeah, not too bad. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. How are you feeling about the New Year? Yeah, good. D- I don't know how positive I am about Scottish rugby, but you yes. in general. Well, yeah. no need to get too positive. We've got plenty to come up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we will, I'm sure it'll all be, uh, any positivity will be dashed as soon as the six nations um kicks off um a little bit of an update from alan he's still in new zealand can't get home he's having some sort of dispute with i think it's air new zealand they're trying to make him buy a second seat because christmas excess has gotten to him yeah, a bit much wasn't kind to him so. it wasn't kind to him so hopefully he'll be back next week um to bring his unique brand of negativity to um scottish rugby but we will keep you abreast of all of that um as ever, thank you so much for keeping in touch with us over Christmas on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. On Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod. And in the mailbag, that's the Thistle Rugby at gmail.com. We've had some interesting emails and we are in discussions of getting a Lions legend on the pod in the next couple of weeks. So stick with us. And if you've got any thoughts and feelings, we love to hear from you so please do get in touch today we are going to canter back it's been it's been about three weeks since we were with you sorry about that we were away getting fat over christmas but enjoying all of the rugby nonetheless um so we're going to look back at all of the news there's been quite a lot going on at both ends of the ma and with the scotland squad and obviously the 1872 cup was cracking on We'll have a quick look ahead to Europe at the weekend and also the Scotland squad for the Six Nations is going to be announced next week. So we're going to have a look 
at some of the key questions that Gregor Townsend has to answer um, when he names his squad next week. Um, anything I've missed there? Played my first game of rugby in two years over Christmas. How'd you go? Uh, got one try, missed a lot of tackles, ref to 20, missed two, gave two tries that shouldn't have been tries that oh, decided nice. the game. So, yeah. Did mixed, it decide mixed. it in the favor of Stu Mel by any chance? Uh, well, it did, but I was playing for the Steve Sims Cavaliers, so I sort of, yeah, poleaxed myself. Yes, you did. Yeah. Well, on that. Um, it's good, though, at the Orium. At the Orium. How yeah, is yeah. the Orium? It's good. It's, um, even even that game, which is a terrible standard because of the synthetic pitch, like it's so quick. Yeah, the whole pace of it, and like even when you you chuck a spin pass and maybe it hits the deck, it ju- it just bounces up so nicely. So, so good. It, it, the the pace of it is really high. So yeah, it was good. Not good for your lungs on the twenty seventh no, of December. Though. It was bad. Real, real bad. Um, right. Well, let's kick into the news, and it has been a very, very tough Christmas ba- break. For Glasgow Warriors fans, it has been um, bad news after bad news, but maybe one uh, bit of hope in there. But let's start with the biggest news. Johnny Gray joining Stuart Hogg down at Exeter Chiefs next uh, year. He is leaving, and uh, that's a pretty massive loss for Glasgow. Another big name on their way out. Yeah, definitely. I think it was um, Kevin Miller, is that his name? Yeah, putting out stats again. Yeah. <laughs> like. In the last five years or something, Johnny Gray's missed sort of three tackles out of 450 or something. Which is I mean, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, yeah, and clearly he is a leader within that team. Um, but I think overall, it's, it's obviously bad news for Glasgow. But I think it's really good move for Johnny Gray, yeah, personally, and hopefully for the Scotland team. I think that he has sort of maybe gone a bit stale from when he first came on the scene uh, and made a real impression to you know, not maybe having too many strings to his bow. And hopefully Exeter can sort of just maybe like toughen him up a bit more. Yeah. Get him used to winning as well, which I think one of the big reasons that him and Hogg have gone there. And hopefully he can bring that to the to the Scotland team. Definitely. I think it's a very fair argument to say that he may well have plateaued. I mean, he lost his space in the Scotland team not mm-hmm. too long ago. Um, but obviously phenomenal player. So I just think Exeter is about as good a place as he could go. Yeah. Get a payday. Definitely. And look, he's... He's given huge amounts to Glasgow. Oh, yeah. He will be on a big wage. Yeah. And, you know, there's opportunities to bring people through. Made uh, He's made room for a uh, young upstart called Leone Nakawara to come back <laughs> from Racing uh, 92 um, until the end of the season. Much speculation after he did not return to uh, Paris after the World Cup. And now he's back in Glasgow. Mm. It's worked out pretty perfectly because I think that this sort of six-month period is exactly what Glasgow need at the moment. Like a, a bit of a positive. Do you think they can keep him longer term? I don't think so. And I think if they did, they would have to pay him mega, mega bucks. And I actually think that if they signed him on like a two-year contract, he would he would be probably the most highly paid player in Scotland. And I just think that... And not Scottish qualified. Exactly. And I think that with the likes of, you know, Cummings there... Um, I'm trying to think of other sort of uh, Kieran McDonald, for example, guys who you're hoping can kind of push through. Um, and I also think that that money could be better spent elsewhere, like a big belt ball carrying number eight or a fullback, yeah. which Glasgow, where Glasgow struggled recently. So I, I think it's worked out really well for all parties, actually. I think it's really good. I think there, I think there's a slightly better chance of him maybe staying on 
notwithstanding everything you said, because he's 31 years old, so he's not, he is towards the tail end of mm. his career. And it is huge money to get him to go somewhere. And the questions of not coming back to his club after Fiji does raise some issues about his reliability and yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. his desire to keep playing rugby for you. Yeah. So maybe if he's happy in, in Glasgow, he might take a cup price deal to stay along. I mean, if they can get that, then they, de- they definitely should because he's, he's box office. Yeah. Um, do you see his, his offload stats that he's offloaded the most in the Pro 14 ever and he only played three seasons? Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's just mad. I'm sure Bill Matta has his eye on that crown. Bill Matta actually doesn't offload as much as you might think. I mean, he can do just, it. Just when he does it, it's, it's extremely box office. But he actually yeah. carries and tight a lot more. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, that's another bit of news. It's still a rumor at this stage, but an awful lot of people vying for the signature of Nick Grigg um, next season. I think Wasps and La Rochelle were two of the clubs that mm. were listed as in the mix for him. Now, he's a Scottish international. Um, and he's always been very, very reliable for Glasgow. But do you think that would be a, a bad to lose him? Um, I don't think it would have as much of an impact as Gray, for example, particularly if they hadn't replaced yeah. him with Nakawara. Um, I think that with, with Jones, with Stafford McDowell, um, with Kyle Stain, like guys who could all play 13, yeah. it's, it's not the end of the world. And I can't, I'm, I, I'm not going to sort of begrudge him a big move, but I do think that Scottish rugby have took a real punt on him, considering he literally like, they found his highlights videos from him playing club rugby at not the highest standard in New Zealand. Yeah. And have pumped a lot of time and, and money into him. Turn him into an international. Exactly. But so I kind of think there is a, a loyalty element. But then, you know what, maybe he was coming up to the end of his contract and he put him and his agent put an offer on the table. And because he's a Scotland camp now as well, it was just not yeah. worth it. And in that case, you know, fair enough to both parties. I also think if you look at that, Maybe Nick Grigg sitting there and looking at resurgent centres and young centres coming through, his opportunity in Scotland jersey is probably going to be fairly limited, certainly for the next yeah. couple of, yeah. I would say certainly for the Six Nations period. Yeah. Um, and, and, and maybe, maybe because of his cycle. route to the top, you know, any opportunity that comes, he's like, yeah. know, this this could all be over in, in a year or so. Yeah, so, definitely. You know, couldn't get paid in. I'd definitely go to La Rochelle versus Coventry. Yes, He's such a wasp signing, though, just like a kind of quite quick back <laughs> when they desperately need like front five reinforcements. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, speaking of which, um, Edinburgh have made a number of reinforcements, re-signings of a lot of their younger players for the uh, next couple of years. On Boxing Day, they gave fans plenty to cheer about with Crosby, Carmichael and Bennett re-signing they've since been joined today by magnus bradbury and george taylor also uh, re-signed over the christmas period so lots of consolidation in that sort of growing and pretty impressive edinburgh squad yeah it's pretty like marked contrast to um to the news coming out of glasgow it seems every day that there's not many people re-signing and there's people leaving um i'm i'm not sure how if you look, I mean, Magnus Bradbury having to come off the bench in the 1872 Cup, like, yeah, I think we have argued before that there is maybe a case for him going to Glasgow because there's there's so many, um, particularly front row and back row players at Edinburgh, yeah, that some of them must be getting pretty cheesed off at not having as much game time. I think Cockrell does a good job of rotating, but if you're Bradbury, you maybe want to be thinking, 
uh, you may be thinking, I want to be the number eight for Scotland in the next like five years. Yeah. I need you playing all the time. But clearly he still thinks Edinburgh's the place to do it. Maybe Mata won't stay around forever as well. Yeah, I mean, I think Mata signed that one-year extension and then made it pretty clear that he was... Was uh, Bradbury another one of these like undisclosed extension links? It seems to be that they don't know... <laughs> Must be an SRU imposed thing. They don't talk about length of contract anymore. Why? I've no idea. You know, stop people poaching them, but clubs are going to know. Like they can find out. Have one conversation exactly. with, an, with an agent. Yeah, exactly. Like text I, the guy. Yeah, it's quite quite bizarre. I think it's just you know people that compile squads um, on supporters' blogs and things like that seem to be the people that are missing out. Uh, the most yeah. depth charts and re-signing <laughs> charts and things like that which yeah. we rely on hugely. well that's true yeah, we yeah, rely keep, hugely on social media them. yeah so um you gotta think about who the real losers yeah. are here i think there were a few stats going out over christmas actually about just the contrasting news to edinburgh and glasgow and people saying a few people saying it looks like there's an sou bias towards glasgow towards edinburgh sorry but then when you actually looked at the squad glasgow have a bigger squad than edinburgh yeah. you and wouldn't think so maybe for the um, last but, five, ten years, people have been saying there's an SOU bias towards Glasgow. Yeah. So, you know, like, I know. we are where we are. <laughs> and I think there, there needed to be investment in Edinburgh because they were pretty woeful for a They period. were very bad for a long period. It's uh, great to see them playing good rugby. They're yeah. now, we were talking about this before, they're second favourites for the Pro 14. Mm. A very long second favourite behind <laughs> Leinster, who you might as well give it to them now. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, it's very very interesting and at a Scottish level more churn there the uh, back office team of Gregor Townsend is now taking full shape um, Steve Tandy has joined from the uh, Waratahs in Super Rugby and Peter de Villiers coming in as a scrum coach um, replacing Steve Tandy coming in and replacing Matt Taylor and Peter de Villiers I think he's just in the short term contract yeah. over the Six yeah. Nations Um Steve Tanney won the Pro 12 with the yep. Ospreys. Yep. Um, and has since been, as I say, at the New South Wales Waratahs, heading up their defence. How did the Waratahs do in Super Rugby last year? I mean, they've been on a bit of a downward slide, to be fair, but they, I'm not sure their table position in the end, but they won six, lost eight. So, good. Like, towards the bottom. Um, and I think for a while they've been seen, I, I mean, I don't know, you can blame Steve Tandy for that for a while. They've not been that great. Um, yeah, sure. Someone someone sort of tweeted an article about his defensive record at, at um, the Waratahs. And they were like, yeah, he's come up with this idea called the Blue Wall. <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow. Heard of it. <laughs> wow. And then, and then sort of seeing how much of an improvement he'd made to the Waratahs defense because they were only um, conceding three tries on average per game. Now, admittedly, it's super rugby, but... It's not exactly sort of glowing testimony to, no. his, to his abilities. You know, I think, the, as you mentioned, the fact that he won the, the Pro 12 of the Ospreys is, is a pretty good achievement. It, it just kind of adds to this narrative of the SRU seemingly targeting ex-Welsh regional coaches. Yeah. And I think that the Scottish rugby public has come to expect more <clears throat> since we got Cotter and Rennie, people like that. Yeah. Like, you know, people who were in demand at a global level. I, I doubt Steve Tandy had that many offers yeah. coming at him. So, you know, he, he could be good. He could be a sort of interesting left field appointment, but I think once again, the general feeling was 
So everyone's pretty underwhelmed. It was a bit mad. I mean, we're just going to have to wait. We, as ever, we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah. We're about three and a half weeks away from Scotland playing Ireland in the first game. And the last time we played them, we leaked four tries <laughs> in the first half against them in the World Cup. Yep. Couple in like the first five minutes. Fun. So he's starting from a pretty bloody low base. Yeah, exactly. Is Steve. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting to see um, what Peter de Villiers makes of uh, Scotland's scrum. I think he's been received a bit more positively. Yeah. Um, he, he could be interesting appointment. He looks like a scrum coach. Yeah. He looks he was, like he, he was knows pretty his way terrifying. Scrum. Yeah. If you can transfer what he did on the pitch, then our scrums are okay, though. Yeah. It's, he it's, needs to become a bit more of a weapon, but. We need loose head props, but, well, but that's yeah, not a yeah. scrum coach's that's, job. That's not, his, yeah. that's not necessarily his job. We need a loose head prop, but that's been the case for a long, <laughs> long time. Um, there may well have been some news that we've missed. If we've missed your favorite piece of news, let us know, as you ever do, on all of the channels. Um, we did a bit of self-promotion here. Why not? We put out a lot of polls over Christmas. We got 21, over 21,000 votes in our Scotland team of the decade. Take that. So that's pretty good. Yeah. I think so. I think we can say that this is the definitive team of the decade. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, because no one else did one, so we're definitely still the, the number one I team of the decade. I did notice Glasgow did one suspiciously it close was. to after we had put ours out. It was suspicious. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, a lot of Scottish okay. rugby social media looks like ours from a couple of years ago. So, <laughs> look, I'm very happy to be leading the charge on all of this. Yeah, exactly. But our team of the decade, as voted for by you, as I scroll down to find it, was Al Dickinson, Ross Ford, WP Nell, Johnny Gray, and Richie Gray in the second row, uh, John Barkley, Hamish Watson, and uh, retired today, Johnny Beatty at number eight, with a backline of Laidlaw, Russell, um, Dunbar, and Jones in the centre, and Maitland, Seymour, and Hogg in the back three. A pretty decent side, that. And I think somebody made the point and posted that that side would give an absolute pasting to the 2000s team of the decade. I think so. I think they're in that 2000s team, the best player was nowhere near the best player in that team. Like yeah. Hogg and Russell, for instance. Exactly that. Like, wouldn't get near them. No. Uh, you know, players that, that... There's more people who, in that team, who at various points in, over the decade have pushed that world-class yeah. bracket... And look, democracy's not perfect. I would question whether Ross Ford has been the best hooker <laughs> of the decade. I think there is also um, people tend to put a lot more like weight on the last two or three years, stuff that they can remember. Yeah, of course. Like Hugh Jones has only been around for two and a bit years of that decade. But I do think in terms of I mean, the yeah, highest level performances, he has put in some of the best. Yeah, yeah. And other ones are more difficult just to find four people. <laughs> yes, there was a couple of positions where we had to limit it to two or three because there just yeah. wasn't really four yeah. credible shouts. But I mean, come on, Scottish rugby fans. Oh, exactly. We well, thanks very much for all of that. And we also on Twitter, thank you so much again for a lot of your 2020 predictions. Um, so we asked for your predictions for where Edinburgh and Glasgow are going to finish up this year. Um, how Scotland are going to get on in the Six Nations, your 2020 breakout star and some notable mad shit that we know is going to happen at some stage. A lot of people calling for Edinburgh make at least the semis of the Pro 14. 
few shouts saying that they're going to make they could win the Challenge Cup, which would be very, very interesting to see. Greg Shand, who's a big fan of us on Twitter, uh, big shout out to Greg. He said, Scotland will get the wooden spoon and Townsend will be sacked. <laughs> so there's an awful lot of that. Uh, Stuart Page continuing um, on that negative theme. He says that Scotland are going to lose all of their internationals in 2020. Um, Crimson Tide, which I presume is their real name. Um, Notable mad shit. Nick Haining to usurp Bill Matter as Edinburgh's number eight. A lot of <laughs> shouts for Nick. Mad. A lot of shouts for Nick Haining to get a Scotland cap as well. I mean, we do have that many number eights. Yeah. Oh no, we got Bradbury and Fagerson. Come on, they're better than him. Surely. That's true. Ali Baxter says Edinburgh Pro 14 semis, Glasgow Pro 14 quarters. Scotland to go the whole season winless. Um, Sam Skinner to be the breakout star of 2020. Could argue that, that was maybe uh, 2019. Yeah, it's already been discovered. And mad shit, Vern Cotter back <laughs> as head coach. Well, he's leaving Montpellier. He is leaving Montpellier. I don't think his next destination has been announced yet. Yeah. Unless I'm wrong. No. Apparently, a lot of rumours that he's going to go to Stade Francais. Okay, yeah. Or Murrayfield. Or Murrayfield. Um, he says, uh, so lots of that um, notable mad shit from David Hunter. CVC gets their 27% of the Pro 14, adds a Georgian and a US franchise, and Mark Dodson gets an erection. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark Dodson becomes head of the enlarged Pro enla- 14. Enlarged, enlarged yes. Pro 14. Um, and David Hunter says, breakout Scotland star, which is a very, very good shout, is going to be Duhan van der Merwe. Yeah, I can believe that. I can he, believe that. He qualifies for Scotland this summer. Very, very interesting exciting. year ahead, it sounds like. There is an awful lot. A lot of mad shit. That could a lot go of mad down. shit. No wins for Scotland. So buckle up if you've got a season saying, ticket. I think people are being overly optimistic saying that Edinburgh could. Oh, no one said Edinburgh would win it, did they? Nobody's saying Edinburgh's going to win. Gonna win it. They're saying they're gonna, they people said, are saying they think Glasgow are going to be in the quarterfinals, I think, is the most ambitious. Yeah, they are a little bit adrift I, at the moment. Maybe I'm wrong. Although they've turned the, t- turned the table at the weekend, yeah. as we will come on yeah. to discuss. But that was all the news and sort of general bits and bobs that we were going to cover off before we talked about the 1872 Cup, which I'll start by asking Matt this very simple question. Was the second 1872 Cup game the best 1872 Cup ever? I think in terms of quality and yep. entertainment... And actually, the overall match in terms of how it ebbed and flowed, Glasgow took the lead, Edinburgh took it back, only really closed out the game towards the end. It was the best like, sort of rugby spectacle, and the atmosphere was absolutely amazing as well. Actually. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it... it what was it, 27,000 yeah, people in yeah. Murrayfield? And they did it quite, quite interestingly. They didn't just sort of fill out one side of the, and then fill up the whole thing. They actually spread it out a bit more, which... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It wasn't. It just looks a bit funny, but I think it actually worked quite well. Yeah. Um, it felt like it was busier. Because uh, it is always a bit funny at those games when they fill up one side and you're shouting to nothing. Yeah, exactly. So there's no sort of like... So, and on the TV, it's like, oh, that looks great. Yeah, exactly. But they, they Which is that presumably well. exactly why well, they do it. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, normally it's a good day out, sort of, despite the rugby. Yeah. But I think everyone walked away from it with sort of a bit of a spring in their step. And I think uh, at the start, Glasgow looked pretty strong, went ahead with that Hugh Jones try. Yeah. He, was, he, he had a good game, actually. Yeah, I thought I think he's had a good uh, good Christmas period. He's yeah. had three games under his belt. He's looking back to his best. Yeah, which is very very encouraging. Coming on to Scotland, which will be announced mm. next weekend. And I think in in the pack, uh, the front fives are sort of evenly matched. I thought I thought Gibbons was doing pretty well, but then Edinburgh having Watson on the ball and Matt yeah. on the ball just such a difference. To I think it was well, it was. Um, Wilson and did Fazara start the second one? I think it was Harley actually. Yeah, or Harley might be in the second row. Anyway, but Glasgow just didn't have those kind of players, and it was the same when you went down to the back line. I thought I thought Johnson and Jones were very good in the centre. Uh, Hastings didn't have his best game, and then DCH Seymour and Jackson just look as if they're approaching the end of their careers as they are. And you compare that to Graham Kinghorn and Duham van der Merwe, and that, that made a big difference. Yeah, I mean, that back three, Darcy, Kinghorn, and, and Duhan is probably a future of Scotland back three yeah. within the next sort of 18 months to two years. Yeah, yeah. Notwithstanding Stuart Hogg's continuing career, he's mm. still very young. Mm. Um, the thing is, you could play any of them on the wing as well. So it totally, gives you a yeah. lot of options, and obviously Kinghorn's pretty versatile. I thought um, Scott Cummings had a good um, Christmas period. He continues his uh, development yeah. into looking like a real, um, a real uh, yeah, international I think actually, prospect. I think Gilchrist and Tuas played well enough, but I, I would actually say, yeah, Cummings is probably the best performing second row yeah. out of them. Um, he's just very, very athletic. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is he's something got a good, that he has above all of the other Scotland yeah, yeah. options. I think he's got a good rugby brain as well. I think he understands sort of when yeah. he should when he needs to hit it up, when he's putting the ball back um, to the backs. Uh, and yeah, I, th- I thought that the the Edinburgh bench made a big difference as well. Being able to bring on like Matt Scott. I thought Jakob van der Vaart was actually pretty good. Yeah. Pergos was actually pretty good. Yeah. Magnus Bradbury. Like even Bergen coming on. I think they were just all a bit of a level above the Glasgow guys coming on. A few of them are younger guys like Tom Gordon. Yeah. But they just, they don't have the ability to make that, that impact like Tom Gordon or Magnus Bradbury. That's true. Fresh on like 65 minutes. It's pretty terrifying. Yeah. He's an absolute beast. Yeah. Tom Gordon had a very good game against Treviso at the weekend though. He's a good player. He's very no solid about player. that. No yeah. doubt about that. It's just like in that kind of game, He's just still a bit wet behind the ears, I think, to be having the impact as you know a Bradbury. I mean, that last twenty, that last twenty or twenty-five minutes from Matt Scott was oh absolutely amazing. The lines he was hitting, unbelievable. 
He just, he looks in fantastic condition as well. Yeah. Like he looks properly recovered from all of his injury yeah. problems. Doesn't look like he's carrying any excess weight at all. It just looks in great nick. It's, it's interesting because, I mean, you forget that Christine's injured. Like, yeah. He would be... And James Johnson, when he's played this season, has done really well. Yeah. And George Taylor, who's come out of nowhere. He had a really good game as well um, before he came off from Matt Scott. I, I like George Taylor a lot. Mm. He's really, like, super physical. Yeah. And you can see him growing in confidence. Yeah. I thought, actually, in that game, he looked very confident playing. It was probably the biggest game he'd played so yeah. far for Edinburgh. Similar sort of offering to Alex Dunbar, his type of game that he plays. I don't think he's as sort of physical as Dunbar. He's not quite as big, yeah. I don't think. So I think he sort of relies a bit more on, on skill. Mm. Um, but he, he's just, I think he offers something a bit different. What is he's a bit unpredictable as well. I don't know if he's seen that much footage of him. That's true. Um, I mean, what is in the water with Scotland centres at the moment? We are backed up like there's... Finally. No tomorrow. <laughs> finally. <laughs> Bring back Rob Dewey. Yeah, exactly. Come Doesn't on. seem that long ago that it was just sort of like 10, 12, Morris, 10, 12 Morrison switch. and Zaluka. Yeah, exactly. Terrible. Really not great. Cairns was sort of our like most flair player. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was our flair coach. Yeah. So, you know, I thought it was a, overall like a good day for Scottish rugby. Yeah. And I think even the Glasgow fans sort of could admit like best team won, good game finally. Well, both fixtures were very... We focused on the second one because, frankly, I can't really remember the, the first one. Yeah, and it wasn't as good a match. It wasn't as it memorable. It wasn't as good as a match. But um, I think decent 1872 cup offerings. And, yeah, and it's I still think, alive. It's still alive yeah, exactly. for the third fixture, which yeah. is often And that third fixture dead. might be really important as well for well, differing reasons for those two clubs. We might be asking... Edinburgh might be asked to take a knee Step for, down. for Glasgow to get into <laughs> Stand the... Um, down. Into the um, yeah, into the knockouts. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, very very interesting, and it felt genuinely like there was some actual Scotland matchups in there. Mm. Um, and we'll come on to talk about. As I say, the Scotland squad for the Six Nations is going to be announced. I think next Wednesday. Yeah. It's not absolutely set in stone. I think it's next yeah, week. Fifteenth. I think yeah, Wednesday or could be another sometime next week. Anyway, yeah. we're going to know that Scotland squad what it's going to look like. Um, I think obviously it wasn't a big fixture in the eighteen seventy two because it's you know Glasgow on Glasgow. But who replaces Greg Laidlaw as the sort of nailed on Scotland starter at scrum half? Ali Price obviously started um, Glasgow, but then. George Horn started down in Treviso at the weekend mm. and his pace and his support line, sometimes he looks like unplayable. Yeah, yeah. He's just always in the mm. in the right place at the right mm. time. What's what's your view on who should be taking on from uh, uh Mr. Grieg? <laughs> um I, I think there's a sense that Price is the better overall player because yeah. he maybe controls the game a bit better and is better at box kicking. And I do have a bit of sympathy for that, but I actually think it's it's over-egged slightly. And I think that if if Townsend wants to play the fastest brand of rugby in the world, then you will probably go for George Horn. Yeah. I think that at the moment, you know, Scotland aren't going to win games by beating other teams up or grinding teams down. So you need something a bit different and someone who can provide a bit of spark. Yeah. And I think that, you know, Horns is so unpredictable. And he won't get the same chances, those support lines. Those breaks don't happen in as international, international rugby. No. But maybe someone like him, you, he can make more things 
happen. And clearly that's, you know, that's Townsend's style of play. So he might as well back that up. He's certainly likely to keep a defence 10 times more interested than they are in Greg Laidlaw. Because yeah. they, yeah. they know he's not sniping. But then uh, the thing I'd say, I think that Price's pass is marginally better than Horns. And I think, I think I that Townsend probably wants to play most of his rugby through Finn Russell. So he needs, you know, yeah. the best service as possible. And there is a, you know, best friends thing between um, Price and, yeah. and Russell. <laughs> you never know. Might. There is a, there's a chemistry thing. Yeah, that might help. They played an awful lot of rugby together. They know each other really well. And then Horn's kind of that, unless it's like a turgid, like rainy affair. Yeah. Great guy to bring off the bench. Amazing guy. You know, I, I, just, I can't really see anyone else pushing for a nice no, spot pr- beyond that. Really. Price and Horn are above and beyond third choice, probably Henry Pergos. Probably. I'm that Ben Velikot guy. He turned down a Scotland nod. Yeah, but then Eddie he didn't, Jones had but, tapped him on the shoulder. But they didn't get capped for didn't get England. capped for England. Do you not remember there was a um, the Scotland were putting out a team sheet and they obviously had, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had Ben Velikov and they included written Nathan in. Fowles. They put in Nathan Fowles at the last because he was out of alphabetical yeah. order. Yeah, 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 I remember that. I think Velikov's what he might. I think he's been injured. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's right. I think he got a major injury for Gloucester. I don't. I don't think he's actually that good. But no, the next one's going to be Jamie Doby. Where's yeah, cab off the rank? Yeah, possibly. He's hugely. I, you know, I've highly... actually I've liked the look of Charlie Shield and the little cameos he's had for Edinburgh. The break he made yeah. at the weekend, yeah. granted against like I don't know five players <laughs> that the Kings had left. Yeah. The break he made to set mm. up. Um, I can't remember who dotted that one uh, down. So in the end, yeah, yeah so very nice. Was class, and then he got his own yeah. try at the end. I think he's he's kind of got a bit of that. Price and Horn about him, yeah. like really nippy around the edges. So maybe you'd look to him before. Either either way, we're looking for Nathan Files is brought back from the yeah. Championship. Ealing is Ealing? it Ealing? Yeah, is it Ealing? yeah. Well, they, they could be coming <laughs> up to the Premiership. Well, yeah. Oh dear. Um, so yeah, that's going to be a very interesting one. Um, centers we talked about. You start Ireland, second of February or first of February, one of the two. Yeah. At the Aviva. Who are you starting? Well, the thing is, we didn't mention him, but Chris Harris has been been doing really, really well at Gloucester by all accounts. Really well. And scored, I'm last, that, scored at least one over the Christmas yeah, period. Yeah, and against Northampton, I think, yeah. he was making breaks for fun. Um, and his there were some interesting stats coming out of the World Cup, and he was doing extremely well in terms of... Like yards per carry carries. type thing, yeah. Um so I wouldn't be surprised if it was Johnson and Harris again, yeah. which I, I get, but at the same time, that that didn't click in the World Cup. No. Johnson had a really bad World Cup. Yeah, he did. I think there was something... You know, Do maybe you still think Johnson's well, ironed but... on for the 12th shirt? I think so. I think Johnson still played very well this season for Glasgow. Agreed. Um, Matt Scott is obviously playing very well. I mean, the, the other option is you maybe put Hutchinson... At 12. But he's been playing most of his rugby at 13. Most of his rugby at 13. on the And his outside break looks very decent. Yeah. But he's a very different player for Chris Harris. Yeah. It's a difficult one because you, in a sense, you don't want to, you don't want to like chuck in someone like Mark Bennett, for example, who hasn't played for Scotland in ages. Yeah. You know, in that opening match against Ireland. You want someone who's I mean, neither is Matt used Scott, to international fair. rugby. Well, yeah, exactly. You want someone who's been playing yeah. international rugby recently. So maybe sort of Johnson... 
um, Harris and Hutchinson are like your go-to guys in the mix. Hutchinson's just pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is like that's that would be your form picks. I mean, Hutchinson has continued Probably. his fantastic form into the yeah. uh, beyond the, yeah. the snub of the World Cup. Well, not snub, but not but, getting selected. Yeah. But then I think Hugh Jones is coming back and he's got, <laughs> yeah, despite everything, not going to the World Cup. Townsend knows what he can do mm. and he's done it at the highest level. And the thing is, I, I would be, be pretty happy if I saw either Matt Scott or Mark Bennett in that squad. Yeah. Like, I think they're both on form at the moment. They've both. They have both played international rugby. They've both got a decent handful yeah. of caps. Uh, yeah, it's weird. It's going to be weird really strength in, and depth. Well, I mean, he's going he's to pick four centres, possibly with a crossover, somebody that can play in the back three. Which Hutch- Hutchinson you, can play. Hutchinson, Harris 10, 12, can do that. 13. Yeah, Harris as well. Kyle Stain is a bit of a crossover yeah, yeah. on the outside of he things. Can be a probably bit of a bolter. A bit of a bolter for that because mm. he's been playing well for Glasgow as yeah. well. I mean, that's going to be the one, that area is going to be one to watch. Has Townsend's philosophy moved on post-World Cup? Because his four centres that went to the World Cup are all still available. Yeah, I and mean, we didn't even mention Pete Horn there. We haven't spoken about Pete Horn. Who might still get in there, I don't know. He, may, he might. <laughs> did, did a decent enough job at 10 at the weekend as well. But that's, what, that's where Pete Horn is, I think. You know, yeah. very solid squad player. He's had his moments at yes. international level, but I think we've he's got, the, we've the got sort of guy that's that, above that. The now. sort of guy that can go and do a job at ten against Treviso yeah. in the Pro 14. That's where I feel it is. But it'll be very interesting to see how much Townsend's thinking has changed off the back of the World Cup. Because those those decisions were essentially the same six months ago. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So it'll be very if interesting. Your chances are a bit more. Back row, shorn of John Barkley, which I think we can probably agree is a... Yeah, it was a sort of a natural It, it was a evolution. natural thing, but he's the only one that's sort of no, no longer in contention. Mm. Some columnists getting very excited about Cornell Dupree's form down at Worcester. He's been playing really well. He has. Uh, I'm not sure if he was playing at the weekend, though, when they chipped 60 to Saracens. Yeah. Uh, I mean... I, I don't think there's a need to call him back when you've still got Ferguson, who's been at a good end to last season, arguably should have been in that World Cup squad. Yeah. He's done quite well this season. Bradbury, who had a good World Cup. Um, Watson's back to full fitness. Thompson, maybe you want to see a bit more from him. Yeah, you forget about Blade Thompson because we don't see him yeah. week in, week out. Um, Jamie Ritchie, you've not mentioned. I think that... I think Richie, those are the guys you want to base it around. For know? me, Richie uh, slots in quite nicely at six for yeah, John Barkley. Definitely. If he's fit, the seven jersey is Hamish Watson. So again, yeah. the perennial decade-long search I know. for you know a number eight is, mm. and who fits in that. I think Ryan Wilson's days in the Scotland jersey are probably pretty numbered. You, you'd like to think so. I think even at Glasgow level, he looks pretty under. He looks increasingly underpowered, yeah. unfortunately. So maybe you stick Bradbury in between the two of them, all Edinburgh back row. Because yeah. I think Bradbury, I'd probably have him ahead of Ferguson at the moment. If that, I think our, I would. If that was our toss up. And then I think Bradbury does offer that versatility of being able to effectively yeah. play across the back row. Uh, Nick Haining might get a call up. You know, he might be in that wider. I squad. think he might be in the wider squad. Not, not that, necessarily getting into that match day. Squad, I think Tinio, he usually names about 
Is it like a 40 and then it comes yeah. down to a 30? Or... Yeah, something like a 35 or something. I, I can't and then he usually remember. invites a couple of kids to train. That's why I think, I think Jamie Doby will be invited to train with the Scotland squad. I mean, obviously he's good, but... I know, I just think this is what's going to happen. He's played like less than a half of men's rugby. Yeah, and he's not playing Super 6. It's quite bizarre, we were talking about it today, why he's not being... Oh, he might be playing this weekend, I don't know. Super 6 restarts this weekend. Um, yeah I find it a bit bizarre I mean yeah and, and not included in the under 20 squad at all I think he's he is still he's 18 years old he's clearly being managed yes and he's not probably physically there yet for men's rugby week in week out yeah but then if that's the case how on earth can you justify starting him or not starting him playing him <laughs> yeah in pro 14 matches and then not in super six you know because he's completely jumped the under 20s. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I was saying. Completely jumped in. I even think if he went and played like premiership rugby, he might get something out of it. Yeah. Well, just Maybe game, not. Actually. Game time. You'd expect him to Super carve six. up Premier. I think yeah. he'd definitely like, he would he'd do well, but I don't think he'd be necessarily like one of the standout yeah. players because he's a good standard. Fair. Who would you start in the second row for Scotland? Uh... Probably how it ended up. Uh, how did it one. end up? I've sort of like Gray, blacked Gray out and the, Gilchrist. Um, yeah, like, Gray and Gilchrist is your. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be mad if, if um, Cummings came in instead of Gilchrist. Maybe. Yeah. I think that's quite a good balance. Like Gilchrist, uh, Gray being like the real workhorse. Cummings still putting in a shift, but being a he bit more, more dynamic in the loose. Yeah. Because uh, I think Gilchrist maybe lacks that punch in the carry. Yeah. That, yeah, might might be needed. And does Darcy Graham slot straight in for Tommy Seymour? I think so. I can't really Assuming that. that Sean Maitland continues on yeah. the other wing. I mean, it, it, it maybe depends on the match, right? Because against Ireland away, you know you're going to get the leather boosted off the ball. Yeah. So maybe in that situation, totally. you go up at Kinghorn on the wing. Far taller. Be marking someone like Jacob Stockdale, maybe. Who's a big, yep. big lad? Um, so maybe horses or courses. I, I, I'd be happy to have either of them in. Well, that's the I thing. Think I think Kinghorn did very well. Remember when he when he made his debut for Scotland? Scored against on the wing. Scored. Yeah, exactly. So you know they offer different things, but yeah. I, I wouldn't be unhappy to see Kinghorn on the wing. Who do you think will start at ten for Scotland? Yeah, Pete Horn. Pete Horn. Pete Horn after his big game in Treviso. Did you see Duncan Weir two of his teeth knocked out? Yeah. Oh, God. He's been, playing, kept playing. Very, he's been playing very yeah, well for Worcester. Yeah, yeah. He's a very decent he might premiership. Get, he might get a call up. He's, he's probably been, playing better than Hastings at the moment. Yeah. He just su- doesn't suit the Scotland game. I suppose the question is, is that what does he add to the squad? Yeah. Well, a few people when, I think, when it sort of seems as if the Scotland team didn't really know what they were doing in attack, were saying... This is all a bit too loose. Let's get in someone like Duncan Weir just for, to change things. Maybe have that option. Yeah, just a bit more direct. I get the sense though that he's not really in. I can't imagine he's thoughts. in consideration. And like Jakob van der Waals probably not that far away from qualifying. I don't think. Was he in in the three? I can't actually remember. Duhan definitely. Kebble. Kebble is. Or is he next year? No, Kebble. Is... Kebble's eligible as of yeah no. Is Kebble available for the Six Nations? I think he is. 
I think it might be summer. Is it, is it the summer? I think it might be summer. It's summer. Because he was a summer signing, so then uh, you, you, yeah, you start sorry, your right. clock yeah, at three, yeah. three years from there. And so Duhan's also eligible in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Duhan definitely and Kebble. I, th- I think Kebble. I think we would know about it if Kebble was available yeah, now. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, uh, there you go. But yeah, it'll be interesting next Wednesday. See if there's any bolters. Oh, just, I, I miss the days when there used to be like a rash name. Yeah, I know. Do you think we've still? Do you think we're still looking for like uh, New Zealander? That would be good if they were. I'm trying to think of who the last sort of rogue person. Was I think the last the person that I had to Google was Sam Skinner. Yeah, that was that was autumn tests in 2018. Yeah, so not that not long that long ago. ago. Uh, yeah, I'll have to wait and see. And there's like James Lang. That was the summer before that. Yeah, he hasn't really gone anywhere, has he? He was starting in the centre for Quinns, and he got yeah. injured recently. Yeah. Oh yeah, I just hope, just for the excitement value of exactly. having to look up who this person is yeah, and, and make a snap, brutal judgment about <laughs> them within like twenty seconds. Yeah, whether they're good enough or not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what we're whether they're going to cut it. Yeah. Anyway, we will come back to you next week. We will be back to dissect the actual Scotland squad when we get it next week. Um, as ever, keep in touch with us. Let us know what you're thinking. The Thistle Rugby at gmail.com is always open um, on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod and Instagram Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod. And we will speak to you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.